The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. 1069 FM. Merrill for the lead. He's got it! Williams, left-hand dribble, hands off the memo for money. Yeah! 1390 AM. Y'all getting paid millions to act like. Oh my gosh! We're rolling now. <laughs> I think so. Microphones are on. Marker yeah. 8, 10, go. The fan. Greeting Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. Hour two of the Full Core Press, season three, episode one. Eric France and there, I'm AJ Salas, and thanks for joining us. Grateful to have you guys wherever and however you are joining us from. Streaming on 106thefan.com if that is you. 5.02 is your uh, time here on the Full Court Press. Thanks uh, to uh, hanging through us, hanging with us through uh, COVID-19. It's good to have sports back, Eric. Hey, uh, Yes, it is. My gosh. Uh, what a great way to get the NBA going again. Two great games. Oh, down to the wire, both phenomenal. of them. Amazing. Uh, we had a great conversation with Chris uh, Kamrani, who writes for The Athletic. He follows the Utah Utes. I uh, had a great conversation with him last hour uh, about specifically about Jason Shelley and Devontae Henry Cole coming to Utah State and kind of what Aggie fans might be able to expect from yeah. these guys, what they were able to do in a Utah uniform and how they might be able to fit in at Utah State under Gary Anderson. 435-339-0321. If you are new to the show, welcome. Good to have you all. That's how you text in, 435-339-0321. Text and data rates apply to your contract of your to your service, or you can call in at 435-752-1069. Would love to hear from you guys wherever you're at and wherever you're at. Uh, 5338 brings up a great point, Eric. Uh, Leave this show for the odd couple, he asked. This show is the odd couple. You know what? You're probably no wait. You are yes. right. Yes, we are an odd couple. But you know what? It's true. We're an odd couple that you can't just stop being around. You love being around us. Five three three eight. Again, it's grateful to have you guys wherever you're at. This is so much fun, and grateful to have uh, season three of the Full Court Press here. A lot to get to, Eric. Let's start with baseball. You know, college football is hopefully going to be there. NFL looks like they got their crap under a pile. Uh, NBA's rolling around, and MLB's in a they are, but just uh, looks like this game has just gone final. Please end of Portland. overtime. Please Portland. Portland one forty. Oh. Memphis one thirty five. <laughs> I want the Blazers to win, and I'm going to be biased there because I want to see Damian Lillard versus the Lakers. Ah, uh, me too. I am dying. To I see think it's going to be a great up. matchup. Give me that. Uh, and hey, you know what? Lillard had a good game, uh, twenty nine points. But how about Yusuf Nurkic? What was his line? In his first game back of the season, uh, 18 points, six blocks, five assists, nine rebounds, two steals. Goodness gracious. Guy was doing everything. 
Is that a five by five? What not, is that? Not is quite, because you only had two steals. If you would have gotten five steals, it would have been a five by five, which is not common. <laughs> so the Portland did win then. That's your uh, Portland wins. One thirty-five yep, just went final. Oh, just went goodness. final. I just I want to see Portland there. They're going to give the Lakers a better run than any other eighth place team. No other eighth place, eighth place team, in my opinion, is going to give the Lakers a run like the Portland Trailblazers. Well, and you know, <laughs> Damian Lillard is. He's been very vocal about you know, wondering about why they're coming back, and because uh, everybody wants New Orleans to be there, and even the folks in Memphis are, are kind of upset about some things and how things. Are, this uh, restart is giving a lot of attention to the Pelicans and not much to these other teams fighting for that spot. So uh, I'm okay with Portland being the disruptors. Bucks right now leading the Celtics 25-19, just under five minutes left in the first quarter. Sacramento and San Antonio begin at 6 p.m. Mountain Time tonight, and then the uh, capper of the night will be on ESPN. Houston Rockets, Dallas Mavericks, that's at 7 o'clock. Luka Doncic versus James Harden. Yes, please. Absolutely. And yes, Mavericks please. favored in that one. By how much? What, what did you a say? point and a half. Very close. Very close. So it's almost a pick then at that point. Uh, but there's, there's only one and a half games that separate Oklahoma City, Houston, and Dallas. So it's very Ooh. close grouping there in the middle of the uh, the standings. Um, I want to get to Major League Baseball, yes, AJ. There's a real problem with the Miami Marlins. Outbreak with that team has caused some games to be suspended, postponed. A few additional people, staffers, getting, testing positive. Now it's affecting other teams. Uh, Scott Miller is reporting that uh, Major League Baseball has done an internal investigation and they found that the Marlins were very lapse, uh, very lax um, in following the protocols when they were in Atlanta oh, no. this last weekend. Players were going out. They were hanging out in the hotel bar. Uh, they weren't doing the things that they were supposed to do. And a lot of people throughout the league are really unhappy with the Marlins. Now, because of what they did and how it's affected other teams... 20% of the league is has had to do a stop down. So until do you, they get it figured out. Do you have a list of what teams have had to have go, games in the Nationals or uh, is it or Marlins, uh Yankees, who well, else? Well, there's two positive tests by the St. Louis Cardinals today that was announced. Uh so Philadelphia has been affected. Oh. Uh the Cardinals game against the Brewers was postponed today. Um Marlins, Philadelphia, Phillies, th- those games have been postponed. <laughs> so, there's a, man, it's affecting a lot of teams. And Rob Manfred coming out and, uh, and I guess basically telling executive director Tony Clark with the Players Association that if the sport doesn't do a better job of getting a handle on this, that they'll have to shut down the whole season until they do. Yeah, and I honestly, I don't blame him at this point. In fact, Jeff Passan of ESPN uh, has some more comments. And friend, first of all, starting, I mean, with all the positive tests and such, is this worth it? This may be the classic abundance of caution situation, but is there such thing as too much caution right now when it comes to baseball? Because the season is ever seemingly hanging on the precipice. And that is, again, where MLB finds itself now. And Rob Manfred and his lieutenants need to ask themselves the question, 
Is this worth it? Because that is a question, Greeny, being asked around baseball in front offices right now. I just got a text from an executive with one of the teams involved today who said very simply, what are we doing? And that then goes to the very two words that no baseball fan wants to hear. Monday, Major League Baseball had its weekly conference call with owners. And this was during the immediate fallout of the Marlins mess. And they were steadfast, they were resolute in saying, we want to continue the season. And it's clear that MLB is willing to stomach a number of positive tests. But it's interesting that after the Marlins debacle, where they did not shut down, on the same day that they had three positive tests, in addition to one a day previously, that right now, with an unknown number with the St. Louis Cardinals, they are shutting things down. That's, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's the, the I, thing about I, this virus is that, w- that we don't know is how long it's in your system before it starts to manifest and be shown up on a test. And so, it, if they have a few that show that they've, they've been tested, the thought was, okay, quickly isolate them, hold them out, everybody else should be okay, just do more testing, you should be okay. But they're saying, no, as soon as anybody tests positive in your team, it's got to be a wider circle of, of isolation. And if that's going to be the case, I don't know how baseball continues. That season is not just on the precipice of being shut down. It is hanging by a thread, Eric. It's hanging by a thread. Four or five positive tests by one team means another team is at risk now from playing them. This isn't, and, and, and the fact that the Marlins were so careless in doing this, the league should be unhappy. Owners, players, managers, so on and so forth should be upset right now. How do you take this as some light joke? This isn't light reading. This is a real deal. And you have a chance to play and get paid for doing so. But because you're being irresponsible, you're now and putting everybody else in a situation where we may not have baseball. Where not even a full weekend, Eric, we may not have baseball. That's amazing to me. That is, that is really irresponsible on, I guess, on the Marlins part. But I also worry, Eric, without the bubble, can sports exist without the bubble? You see NBA doing all right. NHL is about to get underway starting tomorrow. They look like they're under control. If the MLB can't do it, can college football handle this with fans? By the way, fans, twenty to 50,000 or whatever it is. I don't see how fans can be involved. Um, I mean, the conferences, Pac-12 came out today and said, look, we're not going to make any decisions regarding fans. We're going to have to leave that up to the local health districts, local governments to decide that. But um, I, I don't see how, based on what's going on with Major League Baseball, I don't see how introducing additional uh, additional opportunities for risk if that's the right way to say that, uh, how that's a, a good thing or how that could be accepted. Yeah. Now, the difference is with, with like college football, and we discussed this with Ethan Dursteller, who works with the NFL earlier this week, that the, the advantage of football is that you already have a guaranteed gap between games. Baseball's going every day. But still, I mean, there's, there's that, there is that risk. And it's not about... And I've heard this many different times with the NBA and what they're doing. They've made it clear we're not eliminating risk. We're just reducing 
the opportunity for risk and the chances of risk. So playing in a bubble doesn't mean that the risk goes away because there's still that risk. Uh, we've seen guys are leaving the bubble for various reasons. Some are excused and others aren't. That's going to probably happen more as guys get sick of staring in the same walls and uh, miss family and friends or whatever. But uh, what Major League Baseball is doing, they're still traveling all over the country. And if they can't keep their players in line, then, yeah, it's going to come undone. I feel bad. I'm not trying to dump on Major League Baseball. A lot of people out there are. I They're am. seeing this as an opportunity to really attack Major League Baseball because it's had a lot of problems, and I get that. And we've, they've been documented, and we've we've got on our own soapboxes at times. Why do you protect something I hope, that they can't control? I mean, they, they have been so irresponsible, I feel like. But this... This is they've got to take better control of of their players and instill in them, look, if we want to do this, if we want to play these games, this is how you we, we've got to do this. Uh other other the only other option is to say we're gonna go down to Arizona and Florida and that's gonna be our home. I think they probably would have done that had except those were two hot states with a lot of cases. And if Arizona and Florida had their crap together, they could probably be hosting baseball exclusively. But because they weren't doing things right, then Major League Baseball really didn't have too many other options. I I just feel bad that these players who are going to go out and play, well, I mean, there's players who want to be out there. There's players who want to play. But then you got these guys who don't take the situation seriously, even though they've been told vehemently to do so or else their season could be over, and they're out going to bars or doing whatever, not wearing masks, and I mean, so on and so forth. It just, it's so hard to keep track of those kids. And, well, or those you players. know what's happened to those Marlins that have tested positive with players and others in the organization? Yeah, they've been bussed home, right? Yeah, they got put on a bus in Philadelphia, and they're heading home to Miami. That is a long bus ride. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, well, remember how life used to be when you were in the minor leagues? Well, here you go. So they've bust 18 home. They had 33 on the roster. They now bust 18 home. That leaves you 15 guys to go play baseball. 15. It's not great. That's uh, I, I mean, that, that's a minimal ball squad for a major league game. And by the way, they're thinking about playing double headers to make up for some of these games. And if they do that, and there's more guys that test positive, and they got to send them back or whatever, and you're losing roster members, it's going to hurt you. Well, they, you know what? They've said that if they do double headers for makeup games, they'll only go seven innings. Seven innings, right? Yeah. And you know what? It's weird, but if you want the games, Triple A does that. If you want to have games played, I think that's what you have to do. Otherwise, your guys are going to get hurt. But I think if you've got to be able to expand the roster find other players, isolate those who are testing positive, and just the Players Association, managers, the owners, everybody's got to do a better job of saying, hey, guys, if we want to have, if we want to play baseball, the game that you love, the game that you get paid to play, you got to be better or it's coming undone. Baseball has only been going a week, barely a week. And it might not see two weeks. Yeah, yeah it's going to be lucky if it sees a month. I'm going to put it that way, it, just in my opinion. Uh, Eric, with that, and we're going to get to college football here in, in our next segment. We're going to 
really kind of get into the, the nitty-gritty of it with the SEC, the Pac-12 scheduling, and so on and so forth. Uh, but the bubble concept, for, uh, as we already talked about, for NBA and NHL is working really well. I'm with you. I don't think we can have fans at football games this year. If we're having this problem just in baseball without fans and cardboard cutouts, and you're asking kids, and I'm not talking like people are going to say, well, you're, you're referring to Utah State Athletics. I'm not, so stop. But I know there are kids around the country in Bama, in Clemson, or in Miami, in, Florida, in Texas, in Oklahoma, wherever, in California especially, where there's so much to do where you're, you're going to tell an 18 to 20-year-old 20 20 kid to stay inside, to not go anywhere, to not to go out to the next-door neighbor's party and hang out with all your friends. You're going to tell them to stay inside and then go play a football game or practice. Wear a full-contact sport for 60 minutes. I don't see it. House parties are okay if it's outside and you're spread out. That's not how It's that's, not as good. There's no such thing, it's, though, it's man. It's still not recommended. There's no such thing. But going into a, a fraternity and it's closed doors and everybody's inside, no, don't. Don't, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I also fear for the fact. In fact, I'd like to ask our listeners four three five three three nine zero three two one to text in or four three five seven five two one zero six nine to call in. Uh, would you be Would you be okay attending a football game? We asked you this in April. That was in April. We are now at the end of July. We start August tomorrow. Would you be okay if 20,000 fans, or I guess it'd be what, 25% capacity, whatever that is, 12, 13, 14, 15,000 fans, would you be okay going to watch a full football game with limited attendance and such? And would you wear a mask if they said you are required to wear a mask, which I believe is what they'll do? I yeah, would. yeah. Absolutely. If fans are allowed, they'll have, have to, to wear, wear a mask. mask. Would you go? Would you watch? Um, or would you just say, you know what? I'm going to stay home and take care of myself. I'm going to be safe. And and there's nothing wrong with going to the game. We we heck yeah, go watch the football game live. Love to. But would you be okay? Uh, man, just going to a live game and watching it in the heat of the weather, or whatever situation is, or in the cold weather, which it might be in the, in this case as well. Four three five three three nine zero three two one to text in. Four three five seven five two one zero six nine. Anything left on the MLB you want to get to before we go to break? No, just I. I hope they get it figured out. Um, I hope they can figure out how to isolate and still move on. Um, there maybe there's a, a delay that happens in the season. Maybe teams just don't are unable to make up games, but I hope they can figure it out because it's fun watching baseball again. Yeah, I mean they've even with the crowd noise, it's maybe sometimes a little delayed when a big home run happens, but uh, it's it still it sounds like you know you're watching baseball. I've enjoyed so having it, it back. It's okay. I, not, I mean, not having fans is not the best, but. It's still it's happening, so I'm happy for that. I hope it continues. 
Again, Rob Manfred has warned the Players Association that, hey, if you can't do your part, then we can't have baseball. And that spells doom for a lot of teams right now in a situation where they are losing players. By the way, looking at standings right right now, uh, the AL West continues to just be really bad but have good teams at the top. Oakland Athletics are 3-3 three and three in first place. Rockies are 4-1 and one in the first place in the, in the NL West. Uh, your Cubs right now, Eric, are first place in the NL Central, 4-2. My Braves are second to the Marlins out of all the teams. Four and three right now. Marlins are two and one. They're, uh, they're still waiting to play some games. New York Yankees are four and one. No surprise. Cleveland Indians, five and two. Hey, do you think the Astros seeing, do you think that's tame now? Like the whole situation after Joe Kelly's seeing where he threw five baseballs at people's heads and missed all of them? Uh, maybe with the, the, the type of suspension that Major League Baseball yeah, is eight, handed eight down. Games. I think that'll get, sus- I think he's, he's appealing that suspension. I'm guessing it'll get reduced, but still. No, there's no way. You can't throw it that many heads and, and then. Eight games in a regular season probably would be appropriate, but in a shortened season, that's a big chunk. Well, that's what you get for throwing at somebody's head four uh-huh. times. Eric, it was a 3-0 count and he let a 96 mile per hour fastball, which he says, quote unquote, it got away from me. He let that – come on. Stop it. You did not get away from you. You're just – you can't bean a guy in the hip. <laughs> so you, like, let it fly, and it just it got away from you, I guess. I don't know. Uh, anyways, 435-339-0321. Uh, something else about baseball before we move Go on. Ahead. This is uh, according to the Jeff Passan article that came out this afternoon on ESPN. He says, state and local governments have pressured baseball about players skirting the mandates outlined in the league's 113-page operations manual, sources told ESPN. Oh, boy. Broadcasts that have shown players high-fiving, spitting, and not wearing masks have left government officials wondering how seriously players are taking the protocols. Further, there's concern about off-the-field choices, with one high-ranking official saying, quote, there are some bad decisions being made, close quote. (laughs) Well... That's not blunt enough for you. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Coming back here, we're going to talk some college football. SEC's announced conference schedule only. Pac-12 has announced their schedule of what the conference games will look like. What does it mean for the rest of Football Nation? What does the Big 12 do? Can they still make it work? And one other conference has said, you know what? We're going to let you play all conference games and then schedule whatever non-conference games you need to. What does that mean for the Mountain West Conference, who has yet to announce what their plans are? That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric France and LJ Salveson, Season 3, Episode 1, 1069, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and LJ Salveson here on the Full Court Press, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, and streaming on 106onthefan.com. I asked you to all text in, if you had a chance to attend a Utah State football game, winter, warm, hot weather, would you go? Would you be comfortable in going? Now, we asked this question in April, and everybody said, heck yeah. Has your answer changed since then? Would you still go to the game? Of course, there is social distancing. You'll be required to wear a mask. Guidelines and protocols will be set. Um... By the athletics department, they've done a great job of making sure they're going to keep everybody safe who does go. Uh, but would you go? 435-339-0321 to text in or 
Uh, 9315 text in says, if I was a BYU fan, no, I would not go. But me being an Aggie fan, I would go because I would have at least 10 games to be at. <laughs> not wrong, actually. He's very right. Extremely right. At least there are games. Hey, uh, let me ask you. Hey, speaking of uh, that team down south who wears blue and white, uh, they are hoping, like, they had, they had the same amount of hope when they were, thought they were going to play Alabama for some stupid reason. But they have hope that they actually could get into the Big 12 Conference to, for this year to get in to play some games. And and for some reason, it sounds like the Big 12 is considering it. Is this a good fit for one year for BYU or for the Big 12 even so? Uh, well, I'll just if it... If it does happen, I'd be surprised. Um, I mean, the Big 12 has room to add other games because they're a smaller conference. But um, I don't. I don't know. Maybe they see it as a uh, kind of a a trial balloon. Let's see how it works. Are we happy with how this uh, this arrangement is? Could we do more with this? I'd be honestly really surprised if they do. They don't. They don't really have a. They have a closer relationship with the Pac-12 than they do with the Big 12, just with scheduling and games that are played. So I'd be, I'd be really surprised because it's, it's not like Notre Dame and the ACC, which are very, very close. The uh, BYU is the only conference close to BYU is the Mountain West, consistently. So I. I wouldn't see that. I don't. I think it's wishful thinking. I, but I don't know. I never thought that BYU would go independent. So what do I know? <laughs> yeah, and I think you look at the options, right? Which one looks like the tastier table of treats? Uh, either you play UMass and Liberty, uh, and an incredibly tough team. New Mexico out of, State. Yeah. New Mexico, well, New Mexico State might not, even have, might not even have a football season for that matter. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, you got a really, really tough schedule for BYU with with, with Liberty and UMass. Extremely tough. Um, power five teams who are college football playoff worthy. Or you go over and play the Big 12 schools, which are real college football teams, starring uh, well, you got West Virginia, uh, Big 12, Texas, right? No, yeah, Texas, Texas Tech. They're in there. Uh, Oklahoma State is in the Big 12. Oklahoma is in the Big... I sound like I'm guessing. It's trying, I'm trying to remember all the Big 12 teams. Big 12 is Oklahoma, but, uh, Baylor, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma TCU, State, right? Kansas State, Iowa State, West Virginia, TCU, Texas Tech, and Kansas. You, and by the way, the points that those teams put up on a weekly basis are the amount of points that BYU scores in a whole entire season. Like you're, I mean, for ask BYU to score fifty something points like week after week is asking way too much. It is asking you and I to go run three miles right now. It's just not happening ever. Uh, BYU scored three hundred and seventy points last year. Oklahoma scored five hundred and ninety points last year. Hey, so you're only two hundred ten points down. Still a close game. Yeah. Uh, what uh, What do you do if you're the really, There are only Co- two teams in the big, really, in the Big Twelve who scored fewer points in BYU: West Virginia and Kansas. 
And you know what? Kansas is going to get better. They're going to get back to the 2008 Kansas football team, the one that went to the Orange Bowl and gave Virginia Tech a, a run for their money. Les Miles is a good football coach. I think he can turn some things around there. Yeah, well, I think he'll make it interesting. Uh, what I don't is, know how long it's going to last. but oh, Of course we're going to say that. I'm a Les Miles fan. I love me some uh, LM. Hey, what do you do if you're the Mountain West Conference? Are you still sniffing BYU's jockstrap? And saying, hey, what can we do for wow. you? I'm serious. Dude, look, I, I just, Utah State is, doesn't, I, Boise State, Utah State, and, and we're not Bronco fans, you and I, but why do we cater to everything BYU needs or wants? Boise State's been loyal to the conference. You don't see uh, them ditching really? us on big time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't see them asking the Big 12, hey, you uh, got a spot they open for us? They would be gone hey, in a flash. No, they, they had wouldn't. The chance. They, no, tried they, wouldn't. they tried no, to. They tried to. That was the Big East. Yeah, they tried no, to that's already. Different. Dude, that's the Big East. That's different. Basketball-wise, I think it's where their attention was there. I think football-wise, they're happy in the Mountain West. They get a chance to play as a G5 team in a near six bowl, and if they are given the appropriate consideration and they run the table, they could play in the national championship game. I mean, sorry, national championship playoff. But I don't think, I mean, just BYU sniffs their nose in the Mount West and says we're better than you. I don't see that from Boise State. No, look, there's already, Mountain West already has a pretty good relationship with BYU and how many games that they schedule with the Cougars. On a regular basis. Yeah, but if BYU so, comes and... To say that the Mountain West, to, to describe the Mountain West as being on their hands and knees begging BYU for some arrangement, it, it's the other way around. There's no way. It's the the Mountain other way West around. wants BYU in the Mountain They're begging for, Mount, for BYU. I think the Mountain West would like to have BYU back in the fold under certain conditions. More so than BYU wants to be in the Mountain West. I think that's true. If BYU wanted to be in the Mountain West, they just had to pick up the phone and the Mountain West would say, yeah, okay, we'll make it happen. No, they're saying absolutely whatever we can do to get you here. I I, I, I just, I feel like every time you hear Mountain West, you know, think back on those days when BYU was a part of it, it was like the glory days. It's the prodigal son who left and who is wanting or maybe <laughs> thinking about coming back. And when they come back, it's wide open arms. Bring out the fatted calf. Here comes the here comes the party. Here comes our boy in blue. Hey, you said under certain conditions. What do you mean by that? Well, I just know that BYU is difficult to deal with. <laughs> yeah, in, in many they, ways, yeah. They always, even when they were in the conference, they wanted to be treated differently than everybody else. And uh, I think that they say, "Look, if you're going to be in with us, we're all being we're going to be treated the same." But BYU is going to try to have their own TV deal. They want. They'll probably want to run a lot of their own scheduling. Uh, how what, what fits to them? I mean, I don't know. It could be a long list. But I think that there there's still, in a lot of ways, it makes a lot of sense. Maybe just for this year, to get BYU included in the in the scheduling. If if the Mountain West is going to go conference only, whether they like to or not, if that's the the how they're going to be forced to go that direction. To enter into some agreement with the with BYU, a lot of teams already play BYU. A lot of teams historically have played BYU. It would make a lot of sense. I know there's a lot of strong attitudes and feelings that look BYU left. They made their decision, and they've got to live with that. I get that. 
But I feel but like you're jumping time, back to BYU and saying, you know what? You guys help. Are you saying that BYU makes Mount West Conference better? I think that it makes a lot of sense. No, just because there's regional rivalries. People are familiar with them. And I think it's going to be a pretty good team this year, BYU will be. Yeah, So really I think good. it'll be a good challenge for those teams. Look, Boise State, San Diego State, Utah State uh, already have games scheduled with BYU this year. And we know that there's been a long history with a lot of other schools in the Mountain West that are familiar with them. It's regional. You don't have to travel far. Makes sense on a lot of reasons. So I'm wondering if the qu- now the question kind of becomes, what is BYU asking for? Or are they just saying absolutely no, no matter what you offer us? Oh, well, that's that's the million-dollar question. That's what we need to find out. Could be a multi-million-dollar question. BYU, yeah. What is... <laughs> that's a great point to bring up. Do uh, they get access to the conference championship game? Do they share in TV no, absolutely, money? No, absolutely they get... Yeah, if they're... Look, it's the Notre Dame contract of the ACC this year, right? If they're a part of the conference, yeah. Heck so yeah, the they ACC get. gets to share in the NBC money. Yeah. And Notre Dame gets access to a conference title game. But here's the problem. The kicker to it is that I don't think BYU is going to be as uh, agreeable to sharing that ESPN contract money with us as much as they would like. And they still want some of the other pie that's sitting on the table. That pie is called Fox Sports and CBS Sports money. Well, the Mountain West would have another Boise State to deal with. A team that gets to basically cut their own deal with the national TV contract. So you they get extra money. No one else gets the same deal that Boise gets when it comes to TV money. If boys, if BYU comes in the into the fold for a year, you know there will be something similar that BYU will demand that they get something special because of deals they've already done with ESPN See, and their and own BYU TV. That's the problem I have with it, is that you're going to get, as we used the word before when talking about Boise State and BYU, and it's a rightful term, is diva. Boise State is a diva, absolutely, positively sure. Alabama's probably the diva of the SEC, to be very honest with you. Clemson, For a lot of reasons, ACC. they've earned that right. Absolutely. But Boise State has earned that right, Eric. They have been to the BCS Bowls. They have won BCS Bowl games. Utah State, San Diego State. What other team currently in the Mount West Conference has done exactly that? Hawaii did it once. Hawaii went to a bowl game and then got absolutely taken behind a woodshed by Georgia in 2008. Boise State has been to the Fiesta Bowl and won it twice. They've played the big teams on the road in the opener games and won them. They beat Georgia. uh, They beat Florida State. They won those big games. BYU has not earned that right to come in and do that. I don't think BYU has earned the right to come in and say, this is what we want, we agree to this. Look, if you want to play in the conference championship game, by all means, absolutely, you're a part of the conference for the year, you get that right. By the way, could you imagine the absolute chaos and gripe session that you'd get if BYU comes in, runs the conference table, sweeps everybody and goes to the Mountain West Conference Championship, wins it, and then goes to a BCS Bowl game? Or a New Year's Six Bowl game, excuse me. Oh my goodness, there would be a riot. But I just, I, I, but again, look, you're looking at the top of the surface of saying, yeah, there is rivalries, and you're definitely right, there is. But there is a deeper dig into it that makes you say, you know what, BYU is just, as you say, going to be another Boise State here without earning it. Which is what I, which would, that's what bothers me the most. It, well, one of the things about these uh, scheduling arrangements that are going on or in announcements, uh, like the Pac-12 came out today with their conference-only schedule, um, Arizona State Athletic Director Ray Anderson 
has said that their focus has been on getting this conference schedule put together, and they haven't discussed really what's going to happen with these uh, non-conference games that were scheduled. Uh, this is according to Bill Riley. Uh, he posted this earlier today on on Twitter. Says that the league has not discussed contracts with the out of conference opponents and the financial impacts of those. They've been focused on dealing with COVID and getting a schedule for the conference. And I can't remember who it was. I apparently I didn't retweet it or like it, but somebody else said their opinion is this is these uh, the non conference games are just are are canceled. It was something out of their control, and they will not be financially obligated huh. to uh, to make these other schools whole for not having the game. Wow. It's a big financial yeah, blow. Yeah, it is. That hurts. Hey, uh, Pac-12 announced their uh, football schedules, what they're going to look like for each team. Here's the Utah Utes really quickly. They're at Washington State on September 26th. That's when the season will start for them. October 3rd, they're at Colorado, home against Oregon State. On the road at UCLA, then Arizona at home at Arizona State, Washington at home at Cal, and then how about this lucky, lucky break? You get USC and Oregon at your house to end the season. If they can take care of business versus uh, the Wildcats, or excuse me, the Cougars and the Wildcats for that matter, uh, Buffaloes, I mean, they should run the table going into Washington the I mean, Washington, USC, and Oregon are all at home. If they can run the table to November 14th against Washington and you get Washington and you beat them, you're looking at a Pac-12 championship opportunity if you can beat USC on November 27th, depending on what the Trojans do. That is an extremely favorable schedule for the Utah Utes. Extremely favorable. And as Chris said, though, it's the youngest team that Kyle Whittingham has had since he's been a coach there, assistant or head, in 26 years. That's saying some. That's saying a lot. Hey, really quickly, the SEC, Eric, announced that they're going to go conference only. Um, that they uh, and that they won't even partner with the ACC to do a plus one to get those rivalry games in. What does that mean for the SEC? Uh, does that I mean does that ever at all uh, put them in a bind to get two teams into the college football playoff now by just playing conference only and not having that plus one? Uh, it's, I can't even begin to start to think about college football playoff. <laughs> I think there's some bowl games that are going to go away. Uh, I think was the red box bowl already today yeah. announced that they're, they're yep. not going to do anything this year. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that there are for some in the sec it would help their profile by playing other high profile schools and other conferences. But it, it's it's such a unique year this year. Uh, that's all out the window. By the way, Piranhas tweeted in. He says, in capital letters, Eric, no, 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 go away, YBU. Don't let the headache that comes with those holier-than-thou idiots. They think they are way too good for the Mountain West, which is true. I'd rather see them fold up, shop, than come to the Mountain West. Like, even Aggie fans don't even like the sound of BYU coming here. They just they don't even want it to, to smell it, sniff it, or see it. But you're right. BYU is going to be a very good Why do they regularly schedule team. games against them? Look, I'm, I'm not trying to get on this soapbox. So I'm like, go BYU. I'm just why if if they're so worthless, why are games still scheduled? Why does the Mountain West continue to schedule games against the against BYU? Why does Utah State have a long-standing 
game with them. It means it means a lot, whether you like to admit it or not. A lot of people get interest in that game. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Coming back is the segment that we've all missed. I can't wait for my treat on Monday. Is this when you try to recreate a sports movie and it's really bad acting? You're it's really bad accents. It's great. Hey, do you want me to do Craig Smith? Captain Craig Smith, he he put out a great tweet. No, I think we that is a, a segment we're all take talking about. That's a segment everybody wants back. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the full court press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the fan. Season 3 premiere of the Full Court Press. Thanks for joining us, however, and wherever you are doing so. We are about to wrap up this show. The last nine minutes are dedicated to your favorite segment ever. Ever? Ever. This is the easily the most popular segment uh, of our show, Eric. Uh, you know that just as well as I do. Um, everyone kind of gets to participate and uh, to be a part of this. And and so here we go. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, pull the trigger here. Didst mother. Preparation oh, I thought we were doing the pick war. six. That's what we were doing. I thought that's what we were excited about. Because I really, we don't have a whole lot of time. Isn't that what you wanted to do, though? <laughs> I swear that's what you wanted. You tell me one thing and then do another. It's hard, Eric. It's really hard. Yep, that's right. It's time for your pick six. Now, for all those who are new to the show, A, welcome, and B, this is how it goes. Eric has three lines. I have three lines. It can be yes or no's, overs or unders, something that regards to a game coming up either over the weekend or on Monday. Deadline is no later than Monday night. And you get to pick that line, and then the other person will pick uh, either over or under or whatever the line is. Both will pick. Winner of the best of six. We call it pick six. We'll get a treat from the other one. I have been starving for some chocolate, so I cannot wait for this. Ooh. 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 I might have something special for you if I lose. <laughs> I might, I might give it to you anyways if I good. win. <laughs> that never sounds good, Eric. All right, Eric, I'm going to start with tonight's game. Rockets, Mavericks. This one should be a dandy uh, at the uh, ESPN World Lights of Sports Complex in Kissimmee, Florida. Rockets, 40-24. Mavericks, 40-27. James Harden, third. Excuse me, 12 and a half free throws, over or under? James Harden, 12 and a half free throws, over um, or under? I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the under. Okay. And then do we go every other? Or how, I, I forgot how we do this. Actually. I don't care how you want to do it. You okay. want to go every other one? Or you want to go all well, three? Let's go every other one. Let's go every other one. Go ahead. Okay. I'm looking for the Utah Jazz game tomorrow. Okay. Utah Jazz versus Oklahoma City. Thunder. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell assists. Sitting in at four and a half. Oh, I was hoping you would go higher. Will he have more than that? Take the over? I'm going to... Or <sighs> under? Less than that. I was still hoping you would go one more over. Uh, I'm going to go over. You're going to go under. I'm going to take the under. You son of a... I think it's four is right about there. Four or five, it's real close. LeBron James and the Lakers take on the Raptors tomorrow night. That should be a dandy of a basketball game. LeBron James. Nine and a half assist. Over? 
under. Ooh, that's good. Um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna go over. He has basically been the facilitator for the Lakers. Yeah, but his the production from the team hasn't been great except for Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, people have to do something with the ball yeah. once he passes it. Or else it he's just going to quit them. passing it to you and just figure it out himself. All right, uh, Major League Baseball. New coronavirus cases oh. in Major League Baseball by <laughs> Monday. I'm setting it at one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> what are you taking? New coronavirus cases in Major League Baseball by Monday. So as of, I guess, really technically by Sunday night at one and a half. What are you taking? I'm going to take the over. I'm gonna, I'll take the over. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sad that I did that. I'm going to stick with basketball. Okay. Uh. We're going to go Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers as they take on the Pelicans. Kawhi Leonard. 18 and a half points over under. Uh, I'm going to go over. Yeah, I'm debating this one a little bit because I think Paul George is going to have a big game. And still without the help of Montrez Harrell and Patrick Beverly, I'm still okay saying over. Because he doesn't have that outside scoring help. So you're going over. I'm going over as well. Okay. My last one. This is just going to be something stupid too. Watch. I swear. Here we go. Real Monarchs of SLC versus Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC (laughs) facing each other this weekend. Great. Basically, that's minor league soccer. They are both fourth in the standings. Pick a winner. Who wins? Who are you picking? The Monarchs or the Switchbacks? Who are you picking? Nah, <laughs> you get a pick first. <laughs> uh, what was the other team's name? You get to choose from the Monarchs <laughs> or the Switchbacks. Do you know what their team colors are? <laughs> I do. What's a, wait, wait, what's a Switchback, by the way? I'm guessing it's because Colorado Springs, Pikes Peak, there's a lot of switchbacks on the road up to the top of the mountain. Do you know what a monarch is? Yeah, it's a butterfly. Okay, I'm taking switchbacks. I feel like you know something that I don't. <laughs> what are you taking? You're taking switchbacks? Yeah. All right, well, I'm going with the home team. I'm going with the Utah-based team, so I'm going with the monarchs. Monarchs are also a form of royalty. What? Wait, wait, wait. What's the record of the Monarchs and what's the record of the Switchbacks? What do I not know here? You got that I stupid Nutidious Green. I fourth in the USL. Come on, Switchbacks. Or excuse me. Uh, so uh, Monarchs are 0-1-2 and, and the Switchbacks are 1-1-1. One, one, and one. So I figured it's pretty even, even match. Please, Switchbacks. Don't let me down. Okay, so here's what we have. Uh, James Harden free throws, 12 and a half. I took the over, you took the under. Uh, Donovan Mitchell assists at four and a half. I went under, you went over. 
LeBron James assists at nine and a half. I went under and you went over. New coronavirus cases in Major League Baseball by Sunday night, one and a half. We both took the over. That's really sad. Uh, Kawhi Leonard points at 18 and a half. We both took the over. And then Real Monarchs of SLC versus Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC. I took the Monarchs. You took the Switchbacks. I do not feel comfortable about any of my picks that I've just done. <laughs> None. Well, type it up because you can't read my handwriting. But, and uh, we'll share it on uh, social media. Feel free to let us know what you would pick. Yeah, I would love to know. We'd love to have you play along. Yeah. I just, gosh dang it, I swear if I lose the opening thing of pick six here, I'm not going to be happy with anybody. Uh, Eric, uh, from the show today, what did you uh, What did you learn from Chris Kamarani? Kamarani? <laughs> yes. What did you learn from him today that stood out to you? That uh, Jason Shelley will be a mobile quarterback, that uh, he'll help uh, in a kind of a spread offense, and uh, will probably run more than he'll throw. Yeah, the other thing for me is the positivity he has on DHC. You know, he that he he brings a lot to the table, that he'll compete with Jalen Warren for reps. Uh, and I think that's a great question to bring up is what does DHC do in regards to reps? Do they split them? Does one get a bigger load than the other? And how does DHC run? Does that defer or is that a different contrast style than what Jalen Warren runs? I'm actually looking forward to that. The more I heard Chris talk about it, the more excited I got about that running back battle. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm more encouraged about the uh, the way that the offense is looking for Utah State. Uh, and I'd really like to see how Shelley integrates with the wide receivers who are there. You, Devin Tompkins, Gabe oh, yeah. Sarver, uh, Jordan Nathan, uh, I think it's an interesting mix. I don't think you have that big, tall possession receiver necessarily or a stretch guy. Scarver can be that. Tompkins maybe can be that. But that was going to be one of the fun things I was going to look forward to in fall camp. Uh, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City tomorrow uh, afternoon. What do you look for in the Jazz? Be able to get a big win over the Thunder. Uh, just how well they handle um, just the, the difference between the two clubs. Oh, the Pelicans huge to difference. the Thunder, very different. That's a great point. Because you go from a very big lineup to a more guard-heavy lineup with Oklahoma City, and that could be challenging. Shea Gilgis Alexander um, and uh, Uncle Chris and uh, – Dennis Schroeder off the bench. It's a really tough matchup for the Jazz. Yeah, another thing I actually look forward to is just seeing what the Utah Jazz can do uh, with, again, a different contrast. I love what you just said. I'm going to just go off of that because, it, I mean, Pelicans are a different team, a much different team than what it looks like with the Thunder, but also the point guard position is ran by a much more efficient point guard in Chris Ball. That's also going to stand out to me. How do they handle that? Uh, especially in the likes of uh, of Donovan Mitchell. So. Pre-game at 120 right here on 106.9 The Fan, 1390 AM as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you back on Monday and break it all down. Good night. <laughs>